feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, I am fed up, and it sounds like finally Mayor Eric Adams is fed up. And my question is, what took you so long? And I want to hear from you tonight. Do you think it's just words, or do you think we're finally going to see some actions from the Democratic mayor and other Democrats? Listen, we're heading into a very contentious midterm elections for members of Congress, for the party. Of course, the president hasn't been doing so well, if you look at the poll numbers. So there's a lot of issues going on here, and Americans are fed up. And if you look at a lot of the polls, in terms of some of the biggest numbers of concerns for individuals, it is crime, crime, crime. And if people don't feel safe in their city, they are worried. It doesn't matter about even some of the economy. It doesn't matter about education. A lot of these things, if you feel like you cannot go out on the street because things are so bad, well, then that has to be taken care of first and foremost. And if you're the mayor of the city and you're supposed to be overseeing a city, you got to make sure that crime gets under control. And that was part of the reason that people voted for Mayor Eric Adams. People were saying, you know what, he's a former cop. He says he's going to crack down on crime. He's going to crack down on criminals. Well, now let's see what he does. The proof is going to be on the pudding. I want him to win. I want him to be successful. I want New York City to be safe again. Not crazy where people are worried about coming to the city and worried about visitors coming to the city. And this is not just a New York City problem. This is a problem all over the country, guys. So I want to hear from you. If you think that Mayor Eric Adams is sincere, he really belted it out last night, and I would have belted it out on the first hour on the job, but we're different people. But he belted it out on the, you know, last night after another cop was shot. A cop was shot in the leg. Thank goodness the cop has been released. Um, and it was just a, you know, a wound in the leg. Um, and the suspect has been shot and was killed. But this guy never should have been out on the streets to begin with. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to what should be done to contain crime in New York City and in other great cities across the country. And do you think that when we hear the comments from Eric Adams, I'm going to play them for you in a second, do you believe that they will make a difference? Do you believe it's a sign of the times? Or do you think... It's just sort of smoke and mirrors because at the end of the day, you still got Alvin Bragg, who is one of the softest on crime DAs in the country. And even if you lock up people, guess what? They may end up back on the streets. Take a listen. First off, this is Pat Lynch, head of one of the police associations last night. When will they stop patting us on the back and help us take our streets back? We are in a crisis. We need help now. We are in a crisis, and New York City isn't alone. So many cities across the country are in a dire crisis. And that's why it's time to sort of stop the politicking, guys. It is time to not worry if 
it's a Democratic policy or if it's a Republican policy or whose, it doesn't matter what whose policy it is. It's time to look for the safety of citizens in our cities. Because guess what? If they don't feel safe, it doesn't matter what political party you are. And I just hope the anger that we hear from not just the police union, but that we hear now from the mayor and we hear from the NYPD commissioner, because crime is just so bad, and especially violent crime in a major city like New York City, you know, the crossroads of the world. Well, guess what? You better get a handle on it soon because you're the mayor. And it's time to start. Here's my philosophy. It's time to start pulling in people and saying, you know what? Stop with your policies. Let's fix it. And if you can't fix it, I'm going to make sure I push you out of office. And I'm talking to people like Alvin Bragg. And I'm talking about also, you know, the legislature and these other people. Yes, these people are independently voted. But you can certainly put a little pressure on, whether it's publicly or privately, and just make their life awfully miserable and start calling out names saying, I would have liked to have done this, but guess who's blocking me? Blank, blank, and blank. I bet you 99% of New Yorkers would be out there cheering to see that kind of frankness. And certainly Pat Lynch, head of the police union, certainly would be because he is fed up with these repeat offenders. Take a listen. He, here he is last night at one of the press conferences after that cop was shot. The perps don't care. Where that bullet rounds. Today, it landed on a police officer. Tomorrow, will it be your child at the bus stop? Will it be you going to work? Will it be you standing on your stoop? And how sad is that? Because there has been so much random crime of late. And, you know, again, I would have done it on day one. I would have been screaming to the rooftops. You guys know me. I would have been out there. I would have been calling out names. And I would have also said, hey, guess what? I was elected to clean up New York. I was elected to fix New York and make sure New York is safe. I'm the new sheriff in town, the new mayor in town, and here's what's going to happen. And there is just this swath between the rhetoric and then yet, on the other hand, guess what? He's not the one who puts him back out on the streets. That's the judges. That's the DAs. And it's not just New York City. I mean, there are so many cities around the country. There's L.A., there's Philly, there's San Fran, where you've got these soft-on-crime DAs. So bad, by the way, remember the other day we had John Hatami, the deputy DA, who was pushing for a recall of his boss. Imagine this. Would you ever imagine in, you know, in modern times? But he is pushing for a recall of his boss, George Gascon, who makes you know Alvin Bragg look like John Wayne. And he is saying enough that he feels his boss is a danger to society because he's letting people out. And there are repeat offenders, like gang leaders and all these others. The one guy in the jail saying, Gascon's my hero. I'm going to put a tattoo of his face, you know, on my body. I just think he's the greatest guy in the world. I mean, you know it's bad when a gang leader is praising you. And I'm sure there's a couple that are praising Alvin Bragg. So take a listen. Here is Mayor Eric Adams last night again at the press conference after another cop was shot saying he's had it. I'm tired of the complaints about the officers who are doing their job. We put these officers on the front line, father and son on the front line. And these officers being on the front line, we're spending more attention critiquing their actions. Let's critique the actions of those who are committing the crimes in this city.
That's what we should be critiquing. That's where my attention is. And I say bravo. But two things. First off, this is the same mayor, remember, who told people recently, if you see cops hanging around the subway and they're looking at their phone too much, take a picture of it and send it to me. Like, that's a good use of his time. And you want people, like, trying to snitch on a cop. And, by the way, it turns out the cops are using their cell phones, remember, for work. And he didn't even really understand that. So that's a whole other issue. But you can't, on one hand, say, hey, let's try to, like, keep an eye on the cops and what they're doing, Joe Blows. You know, send in stuff, snitch on a cop. And I can't wait. I'll listen to your email. I'll go to the precinct the next day. When there's shootings and all these horrible, violent crimes going on, why would you do that? You can't send these mixed messages, Mayor Eric Adams. You can't. And that anger that I just heard from you there, I say bravo. But what he should be doing is bringing that anger also to D.A. Alvin Bragg's office and bringing it to the legislature and everybody who is putting these repeat offenders back on the streets. Why is he losing his cool with the public and not losing his cool with them? I mean, to me, fix the problem. This is a thug problem and get a handle on it. Here's a little bit more of him losing his cool last night. Who the hell will protect the innocent New Yorkers in this city? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. It is time for us to stop spending our energy protecting people who are committing crimes and violence. This person has an extensive arrest history. He has made up his mind. He was not going to stop until he took the life of an innocent person. And listen, I'm glad to see him furious. And when I read this guy's background, I'm furious too. Here's a little bit about this latest character. And I don't even want to call him man. I'll just say character. 25-year-old Rameek Smith, who is no longer with us. And that's because Rameek Smith, after a brief chase with law enforcement... He fired twice at the NYPD, the greatest force in the world, and then they shot him fatally in the head. He had shot during exchange gunfire. He shot a cop in the leg. Thank goodness, again, that cop has been released from the hospital. But here's a little bit of background about this 25-year-old character. 2016, he's given five years probation for robbery conviction. March 2020, he's arrested after he jumped a subway turnstile and cops found a handgun on him, a 32 caliber handgun on him at the time. Then in December 2021, he's arrested on his own recognizance, like he's an upstanding citizen. He pleads guilty and they still release him on his own recognizance. And then his sentencing had been delayed twice. He was due back in court next month. So my question is, how many passes does somebody get? How many times does somebody like this, if you look at his background, you go, oh, this guy is clearly a violent offender, and he's clearly not getting the message. But guess why he's not getting the message? Because these soft on crime judges and DAs are letting people like this out over and over again. Somebody's caught with an illegal gun, and then they're caught again with another illegal gun, and then they're caught again with a different illegal gun. Guess what? That could be a red flag. You know, to me, this is so over the top and so outrageous. And I'm glad that the mayor is speaking out. What about the cops that were shot? Remember Wilbert Mora 
And Jason Rivera, that guy had a rap sheet a mile long. It was like on and on and on and on. And all the different cases. Remember the one in the Burger King, too. All of these recent cases in New York, the signs were blaring. And I want to hear that anger that we just heard from Mayor Eric Adams. I want to hear him unleash it on the DA. And I want to hear him unleash it on the people who are letting these people out. Because cops are arresting them over and over again, and then they get back out. It is ridiculous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Shea on line seven. Shea, your thoughts about all this? How are you, Ina? Good. You I'm good, but I'm fired up because I'm glad to hear Mayor Eric Adams. I want him to be successful and I think he's saying a lot of the right things, but I want to see the actions to follow it up. So let me fill in my perspective. Actually, I was with the mayor um, two weeks ago when he gave a um, speech in Brooklyn for the 100-day celebration. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a straight Republican. I've been with the president. I met President Trump several times. It was definitely a fresh, of, you know, a sigh of relief to hear his speech, um, that, you know, when he called out bail reform yesterday and all that. But more has to be done, you know, speaking words. It's very nice, but it has to be action. You know what I'm saying? Like, what I would like to see is that if the bill reform is not going to be changed, meaning if he speaks and he can't get it done in Albany, he should really come out publicly and say, you know, that I'm not endorsing Governor Hochul and, and call her out and say, listen, the governor has to take more action to get the legislator and the Senate in Albany to, to get rid of bill reform law. You know what I'm saying? He has to speak up even more than he did yesterday. I agree. Nice I agree. And, you know, Shea, what I think is really powerful is – He says, and he said it from day one, yeah, we got to clamp down on crime. We're going to take back our city. It's the greatest city. We're going to reemerge. All the right things. And he has the experience as a former cop and and legislator and all that stuff. Um, But you're right. He needs to start. If they're not going to do anything, he needs to start calling them out. And even Governor Hochul, you know, when she was asked about Alvin Bragg, She said, well, I'm going to give him a little bit of slack and let's see where things go. Well, when you're dealing with a crisis like crime is and the shootings of cops that are happening indiscriminately across the country, you can't cut too much slack. I don't think, you know, New Yorkers or good upstanding citizens want any slack. And that's why it's time. I agree with you. And who would you start her call uh, him calling out, Shea? Who would you put on the top of the list real quick? He should call out immediately. The governor. Stewart Cousins, the leader of the Senate and the Assembly Speaker, and, and you know, and say straight out. What about you know, Bragg? Right what about Bragg? Alvin, Alvin Bragg? Bragg is obviously, Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg should be removed from office. That's a, that's a separate topic. It's it's insane that he wanted to allow people to go into stores and and shoplift and get away with it. It's it's total insanity. I don't even know how that, such a person can even be elected as a district attorney in any in any state or, or city. It is. It's shocking. It's shocking. Shea, thank you very much. Great perspective. I'm so glad you called into the show. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, you heard Shea's thoughts. I fully agree with him. I think you need to start naming names and saying, here's the roadblocks. People, vote them out. If you really want safety or get people, listen, they're picketing outside of, uh, you know, outside the uh, justice's house. What about outside the DA's office? I'm not saying home. Because I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about that later on in the hour. But what about getting the message out? Writing a letter to Alvin Bragg. Why is he getting such a free pass? one 800 The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show.
A little walk this way by Aerosmith. What did that look like, Lou? It's kind of fun. Lots of memories there, guys. And one person I would not want to kiss is this Rameek Smith. And thank God he's no longer with us. And that's because he was a repeat offender over and over and over again and had the audacity to go after the cops, opening fire on a cops. Think about the type of person that feels brazen enough to open fire on the cops. They were on a police chase with him, a foot chase, and then he opens fire Thank goodness the cop is doing okay and was released. Thank goodness. Um, But boy, are criminals getting more and more brazen. And as Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, describes, guess what? It's the same people over and over again. And often it's this broken windows theory that we've heard from a lot of great former New York police commissioners and others across the country. You think about this was a philosophy of Ray Kelly's and a Bill Bratton's of the NYPD who basically said you got to go after the smaller offenses because guess what? If you don't crack down early on cons and they do something or they have a gun or do something and they haven't used it, you got to crack down so it doesn't get worse because somebody will keep pushing the envelope. And clearly this guy did. And he opened fire on officers yesterday. And take a listen. Here is Mayor Adams talking about career criminals like 25-year-old Rameek Smith. Our city is divided. The overwhelming number of New Yorkers are the good guys. A small number of violent people are the bad guys. Yeah, I agree with that. It's over and over and over again, which is why you got to have people on the judicial side saying, you know what? Gosh, this person looks awfully familiar. Oh, wow, they've been arrested X times, and they keep coming back. Maybe that person is a problem to society. they got to stop saying, gosh, I feel sorry for this person, or, you know what, that's not so bad that they got caught about five or ten times with different weapons and breaking the law. Oh, what the heck, let's send them back out. And he even pled guilty on the last offense. He actually pled guilty, and then his sentencing was delayed. This guy hit the lottery. It's like over and over and over again. They gave him a pass, and that, to me, is outrageous. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete on line two in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Rita. Love listening to you. Love your show, and you as well. Thank you. And, Pete, I love you. Thank you. As a Vietnam vet, again, a patriot, again. Here we go again, Rita, the same old dog and pony show, right? Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. How much do you think of this is show from the mayor, or do you think he might finally say, all right, I got to really get tough? His hand, he's, it's a dog and pony show, Rita, and I'm going to tell you why. His hands as a mayor in New York City, I call it the New York sewer, okay, commission. And here's the reason why, Rita. Number one. It all goes back to Albany, New York, just like I've told you many times in your program. It's time to clean up the streets. You know how you do it? New York State needs to, needs to set a standard right now, and I hope Eric Adams, he's a skunk, and I hope he's listening. 
What I've got to say about it, it's time to bring back New York State should bring back the death penalty. Number one, that would send a clear message to clean up the streets, the death penalty. And I don't mean laying around for nine, eight, ten years in jail. I'm saying clean up the streets. Open up an express lane. You do the crime. You won't do the time very long. We're going to take care of your mess. Wow, Pete, take- Pete, you are hardcore, but I but I hear you because people are fed up and frustrated, and they at least need to have some form of punishment. Some of them obviously not to that degree, but they certainly need something. Um, Pete, you are awesome, and thank you for your service so much, and we're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Rita Cosby is on. Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement. And boy, do they have the toughest job in the world. As we were just talking about the incident last night in New York. Again, thank goodness the officer who was shot in New York was shot in the leg and has already been released from the hospital. So at least there is some good news there, and he is said to be doing okay. Uh, But law enforcement do so many different jobs and get called on so many different calls, including this one in Springfield, Massachusetts. And this is when a typical road detail transitioned into a life-saving moment for two police officers there when they sprung into action after hearing a mother cry out loud, asking for someone to help her choking baby. It happened just after 2 o'clock on Monday of this week when officers Christopher Charles and Luis Rodriguez were working a traffic detail at an intersection, and then suddenly a vehicle approached the work zone. A woman frantically ran out of the car and screamed that her brave baby was not breathing. Officers immediately ran to the vehicle, and then they aided the three-month-old baby girl, a little one. Police say that the infant appeared to be pale, choking, and gasping for air, a very serious situation. Immediately, Officer Charles removed the baby from her seat. He began administering infant-based CPR to the child. Officer Rodriguez notified paramedics, and get this, in less than a minute— After the CPR procedure, Officer Charles yelled out, I'm good. She's crying. The baby started to suddenly breathe again. Then Charles handed the baby back to her mother a couple minutes later. Paramedics arrived, transported the baby to a local hospital, and the baby has already been released and is said to be doing okay. But boy, what a very life-or-death situation, and officers there at the right time to save that little one's life. Well, that's why it is so important that officers know that we have their back because it is really tough stuff here on the streets. And, you know, we were just talking the other day about some of the statistics that were put out by police unions across the country. More officers have been ambushed in the last year than ever before. And the job of being a cop is more difficult, more risky, more tenuous, and sadly, more deadly. And many of them, and again, ambush attacks where they were shot in their vehicle or while they were on patrol doing something and suddenly ambush. It is a very risky procession. And it is so important right now that their profession is honored and appreciated and respected. 
And last night, NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell described what happened to one cop when two cops were out chasing this suspect, 25-year-old Rameek Smith, a career criminal, and suddenly things got very dangerous. Take a listen. Our two officers were patrolling in uniform in their police vehicle near 3822 3rd Avenue when they observed a male on the east sidewalk of 3rd Avenue. One officer exited the vehicle, approached the male, and he immediately began to run. With the officer on foot and his partner still in the vehicle, they chased the male to the vicinity of Bathgate Avenue and Claremont Parkway. As the male continued running north on Bathgate Avenue, there was an exchange of gunfire between the officers and the suspect. During the incident, one officer was struck in the left arm and the male was struck in the head. Wow. Very serious stuff. It just shows how things can change in an instant. And this guy, this you know, convict, never should have been out. What was he doing on the out? You look at his rap sheet. He is a repeat offender who got a free pass for years upon years. Take a listen. Here's a little more from the NYPD police commissioner. Tonight, we are extremely fortunate that our officer is here at Lincoln Hospital recovering after being shot by a dangerous criminal who should not have been on the streets of the Bronx or anywhere else. So when are people like the NYPD commissioner and the mayor going to get really tough? And I'm talking about not just shouting passionately and saying we got to defend our police, we got to wrap, you know, lock up these thugs. All great words. But now let's start calling some of these people out and saying enough because you can sit and say, speak it to high heaven. But unless the legislature changes the policy, unless they can have influence on them or on the DAs, guess what? It's going to just keep on happening. So take a listen. Here is Mayor Eric Adams last night, I think, so emotional and angry about this revolving door. New Yorkers deserve better. We took 2,600 guns off our streets. And the shooters of those guns are back on our streets just like this person here. Under normal circumstances, you will see a decrease in crime in the city. But the same criminals are continuing to come out in our streets, committing violence over and over again. And I'm happy to hear that he mentioned criminals, not just the guns, because too often I am so fed up with so many Democratic politicians saying we need more gun control without any mention about the violent criminals who are actually pulling the guns. Because guess what? Those people are not going through the legal paths anyway. It doesn't always matter how you crack down on it because they're going to get the guns. They're doing it illegally. That's the whole point of being a criminal. But you have to go after the person pulling the trigger or pushing the person into the train or stabbing somebody or doing something like that. The violent offender. It's not just about guns. It's about thugs. I always kind of make the distinction. It's not gun control. It's thug control. You can certainly get illegal guns off the streets. That's a noble mission. But you got to also make sure you lock up the perpetrator. You can't forget that part of the loop. And guess what? Last year, there were about 4,000 illegal guns taken off the streets. And right now, you know, it's par for the course. It's a little bit more than last year, but not that much more. So we got to go after these criminals who continue to do it over and over again. And I'm waiting to see when 
Mayor Adams may call out Alvin Bragg, the DA. When is that going to happen? When is he going to say, here's the list of people that are saying XXXXX that are blocking our streets from being safe? They know who the people are. They're repeat offenders. So what are you going to do? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Carlos in Texas on line three. Carlos, your thoughts? Hi, Rita. I've called the show before. I'm from Yonkers, but I'm here working at the border in Texas. Now, the thing with Eric Adams, his hands are basically tied. Andrew's cousins and Car Hasty, they simply do not care. They have zero empathy for New Yorkers. That grandmother that was 61 years old that was killed in the Bronx last month, Juana Soriana, I knew her, and she was killed by two brothers, repeat offenders. And do you know how many politicians assisted her funeral? Zero. Not even the president of the Bronx, not even Carr Hasty, because they lack empathy for New Yorkers. It is not their children, their grandchildren who are getting killed, robbed, raped, or maimed, so they simply do not care. They need to change the bail reforms and enforce the law. I was here in Texas, and in a Costco in El Paso, there's a big sign. You come here with an unlicensed firearm, you face $10,000 fine and 10 years in prison. So not too many people walk into that Costco or any store with an unlicensed firearm because there are consequences. If there are no consequences, the criminals will not care and will continue to repeat their offenses over and over. You know, Carlos, you brought up, um, you were just saying at the El Paso Costco, um, have you seen that in other stores too, or is it just in the Costco? That's I I, I think that's a great message. I, I agree with you. And obviously it seems to be it's, working there. It's all over Texas, except for Austin. But if you go to Nebraska, if you go to Arkansas, you go there. I was surprised the other day in Arkansas. So I was traveling to Texas. You can actually get your toothpaste from the pharmacy. You could actually get your toothbrush, deodorant. Nothing is locked because people know that if they shoplift, they are going to jail and most likely to prison. I lived in Yonkers and I've been to the Walgreens. Everything's locked up there. And I ask, has there been any shoplifting? And they always tell me all day because shoplifting in the state of New York has been legalized. People have no fear of taking things from stores. That's why so many pharmacies are closing all over Manhattan, the Bronx, and Yonkers. Yeah, and by the way, CVS is closing like 900 stores. By the way, Carlos, and I talked about this the other day, I was at a drugstore the other day. Literally, I saw this guy packing all this stuff up. The next thing I know, he's walking out. And I said to the, you know, the store worker, I said, did that person just rob right in front of me? And they said, oh, yeah, he did it last week. And it was like, yeah, what can we do? You know, they were. They said we had a feeling he might do it again. It was the same guy. We recognize him. And I thought, don't you want to, like, run after him or do something? And they're like, no, there's nothing we could do. We call the cops. We have a picture of him. We know what he looks like. I mean, he looked like he was, like, buying food for Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, New Year celebration for, like, 30 people. I mean, his hands were so full. I thought, gosh, this guy's buying a lot of stuff. And then he just walked right out right in front of me. I'm like, wow. I mean, but... But sadly, that is par for the course right now in in so many major cities across this country. And how sad is that? I mean, you feel bad for the workers because 
they don't know if these people are armed or what they're going to do, you know, and a lot of them are like kind of young kids too. You know, they just don't know what to do and they're not really trained and they're not, you know, paid to suddenly become, uh, you know, security guards for the mentally deranged. But boy, are people taking advantage of the situation, Carlos, just like you said it. I mean, that's night and day, but they feel that they have a license to steal. And how sad is that, that they're at that point, Carlos? I think that Major Adams to put the interests of New Yorkers ahead of the Democratic Party. He needs to call out all politicians, Hasty, Stewart, Sins, Hope, everybody who stands in the way of safety, regardless whether they're Democrats or Republicans. He should just do that instead of they could talk and talk and talk, but nothing's going to change. New York just keeps get going from bad to worse every day. And it's bad. Yeah, I agree. He needs to start literally calling him out because it's like he's spoken about it. He's addressed it. I mean, I like what I hear him saying. You know, I you know, I like the passion in his voice because he does deeply care about the city as you know, everybody who loves New York knows that feeling. And we and we love the city. I was born in Brooklyn. You know, I'm, I'm a New York gal. But, you know, you want it. You can't just say it. And then, on the other hand, allow a free pass of other individuals. And at some point, because you are the mayor, you are the chief executive of the city, even if you can't technically, yes, they are autonomous, they're elected separately, there's all these other issues, you can certainly put pressure and do certain things. And at the end of the day, there are still so many people that have not come back to work in New York because they just don't feel safe. They're moving to so many of these other cities and places like El Paso and other places, Carlos, because they just they want to feel safety for their families. And you have to say, God, to have a vibrant city again, you guys need to buck up. And it's amazing that it's like you see the headlines over and over again and they still don't change. That's what's staggering, Carlos, isn't it? That over and over again, we see these sadly, these repeat scenes And yet they still seem to maintain their policy. They try to do these slight little tweaks, you know, but that's about it. And it's all on the surface. I agree. If I might say something else, I have a brother. He works for corrections in New York City. And you just need to fix Rikers Island. Just fix Rikers Island. Bring back solitary confinement and punishment for most inmates. Because under de Blasio, they get rid of solitary confinement for inmates up to 22 years old. So they basically can throw semen, blood, urine at guards. They could assault them, and basically nothing happens to them. They need to fix Rikers Island. It's 30-something percent capacity, and you have all these problems. It was 128 percent capacity in the 90s, and you didn't have those problems. Why? Because there there was punishment. People faced punishment. There were consequences for their actions. But but Carlos, but Carlos, Carlos, remember, de Blasio was the one who wanted to have the jails and all the different little boroughs. So it would be nicer for the people to be in their own community. Isn't that nice? People in those communities don't support those things. There are councilmen who have been paid for by George Soros, the Justice Democrats and other organizations. Support that. Nobody wants that. People in Chinatown do not want it. People in Staten Island said absolutely not. Rikers is a perfect location. Just fix it, and you're not going to have any problems. You don't hear problems from Fishkill and other jails upstate. Why? Because they enforce the law, and they do not take it easy on inmates. If you 
You're a criminal. If you go there, you go there to be punished and somewhat rehabilitated. You don't go there to be given all types of perks. It's not it's jail. You're supposed to face your punishment. It's not a vacation house. It's not a retreat. You go there to face the consequences for your crimes. So put the rights of the victims first. Yep. And then think about the criminals. No, absolutely. And somehow, sometimes it just feels like it's the other way around with a number of politicians. Carlos, thank you for calling in from Texas. Always love your perspective, my friend. Wonderful to hear from you. Let's go to BJ, line seven. BJ, your thoughts. Well, uh, you mentioned uh, he, he was great, by the way, Carlos. He really had a lot of to add to the conversation. But here's what I didn't hear from Eric Adams. I didn't hear how he, what he's going to do. And I didn't hear him say, I'm going to seek out uh, that which works. Uh, speak, say, someone like Rudy Giuliani or uh, uh, Bill Bratton, who have a, a winning track record. You, you know, all I heard him do was get up there and uh, do a lot of theatrics and scream and rant and rave. And it reminded me of, of Ray Nagin, the mayor of, of New Orleans, who, you know, was screaming when the floods were coming, uh, asking for help. The cavalry isn't coming. We're going to have to take the matters uh, and in law enforcement uh, and, and leave it up to people, the experts, that people that have done this job, people that have run winning police uh, forces, people like Rudy. Now, I don't know if it's his ego or he doesn't want to be associated with Rudy or Bill Bratton, but he's got to do something because – He's meeting with Andrew Cuomo. I mean, I think he could learn a lot more from from, uh, Rudy and Bratton than Andrew Cuomo, BJ. He could learn certain things from Andrew Cuomo, but that's off the record. (laughs) Go ahead. Absolutely. You know, I I'm I just can't understand him. I, I you know, I, I think a win for a win for him would be a win for everyone. And it would show that, you know, he's willing to take good ideas and good suggestions no matter where they come from. He, but he has a, a police chief. They all get up and they all say all this great stuff. But the crime is increasing. Uh, we have two police officers, uh, sadly, that have passed away that were killed. Uh, and just as your last caller said, I mean, <laughs> New York City has legalized shoplifting. Yeah. In addition to legalizing uh, uh, marijuana use. I mean, I go out on my terrace and it smells literally like Mexico. Oh, uh, my God. I, BJ, I get high every time I walk on the street of New York. I'm like, oh, my it, gosh. Like, if there's not a street, I agree with you. And you bring up some great points. They say the right things. But now they need to take some action because they're going to talk to their blue in the face. But unless they can change some of these other individuals' minds, hopefully, um, or get them out of office, these other individuals, they ain't going to change anything. You know, then they're just going to be hitting a brick wall. But great points, everybody. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. What is it going to take? to change the situation in New York and other major cities across this country. Eric Adams has said he has enough, but is he doing enough? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
Well, a number of these repeat offenders are definitely born to be wild, and they're not reined in, so they get wilder and wilder, and that's not a good thing for the average citizen. Take a listen after the shooting last night of a police officer. Thank goodness he is okay. He's been released from the hospital after being shot in the leg by a career criminal. Well, the head of the police union, Pat Lynch, had this to say. What will it take before our legislators realize they made a mistake? When will they start speaking for the people in the street? When will they give us the resources we need rather than pat us on the back? So do you think legislators will finally wake up? Eric Adams says he's woken up, that he's been awake. But do you think he can wake up some of these others who have a direct influence on the rules and the restrictions that judges can apply with enhancements and not enhancements um, and to narrow basically their discretion? So basically they can throw the book at people. A lot of these judges don't want to do it. And clearly a lot of legislators don't want to do it. And guess what? We all suffer. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Carol, line one. Carol, your thoughts about it all. Yes, hi. Rita, I really admire you. And I I simply wanted to say about the person that was talking about um, the gun violence. Guns aren't violence. It's the people that shoot them. It annoys the heck out of me when they talk about gun violence. It's the people doing it. I agree. I agree, Carol. And they sit there and they they seem to always want to give people a free pass. And then they come back with some legislation to crack down on guns. And they still don't, you know, stiffen up the sentences. And they don't send a message to these kind of people. Carol, thank you. You're awesome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Pete. Line two. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. This week has been a roller coaster ride for me. So what I'll do is I'll talk to you about the topic that we're talking about with Ad, uh, Eric Adams. Okay. Hopefully on Sunday I will have a little meeting with him because I will be at the Asian uh, uh, what is it Pacific Parade and uh, between 45th and I think 55th. Okay. They asked me to perform some martial arts and I'm going to be dressed up like a Showgun with a sword. I'm going to have my hair, which is usually in a ponytail at times. It's going to be in a button. All right. So, so Pete, got, Pete I'm, I'm the way you're that. described, I don't think anybody could miss you. But go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, the mess up was the Kentucky Derby. I played a daily double, if anyone knows what it is, with a, a horse that won. D. Wayne Lucas's horse, the one horse, with all in the Kentucky Derby. Wait, now wait, wait. So, so whoever... Pete, so Pete, before you get to the, did you, did you pick the winning horse, the one who had the long shot? No, that was in the wheel. Okay. I put all right. in that Because, boy, so, that was like an 80 to 1. That guy, like, came yeah. out that. So, yeah. Pete, I just have a few seconds. Keep going. Okay, I'll go quick. What happened is the payment, the payoff is infinite. There's no payoff because there was no pool. Uh, I played all. So all Pete, means all. All right, so, Pete. Yeah. I know you didn't get the payoff, but right, would you buy us all a round of drinks? If uh, all right, you at the time, anytime. <laughs> Pete, Pete, stick with us. We're going to continue the topic, you guys. After the break, we are talking about crime in New York, and we're going to continue with Pete, who seems to be one lucky guy. Feisty, fearless, and fair. 
life. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweeter. People are fed up, as is Mayor Eric Adams, with crime in New York City. And I'm happy to hear that he's shouting out that he is frustrated, but he's got to have some impact on the legislators who still seem to not want to move on bail reform and a whole bunch more. So when are they going to buck up and when are they going to see the light and see how dangerous things are in New York State, and that is happening across the country, guys. We're going to continue with that, and I'm going to continue taking your calls on what you think should be done because crime is an enormous issue on so many major city streets across this country, and there are a lot of fed-up mayors and a lot of fed-up citizens for sure, but when our legislators and soft-on-crime DAs going to say, well, maybe we should lock up bad guys. Maybe we shouldn't be only focused on guns. Maybe we should only be focused on illegal guns plus bad guys. I mean, I could pull a second grader off the street and say, how do you stop people who keep doing crimes? And they would say, well, maybe they need to be punished and told not to do it. It's like a child, again, if they put their hand on an oven or a stovetop and they get burned, If they feel a little bit of pain and realize that, hey, maybe it's not a good idea, maybe I could serve some time, maybe they won't do it again. So I want to take your calls on that because it's a serious topic with now yet another shooting of a police officer. Thank goodness that officer has now been released. Also, speaking of security, later on in the hour, we're going to talk about some new news that just came out in the last few hours that, thank goodness... A.G. Garland, the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, the head of the Justice Department, the top law enforcement officer, seems like he got a slight epiphany uh, because they weren't saying anything about all of these unruly protests that were right outside the Supreme Court justices' homes. He was giving protesters a total free pass, not saying anything, not condemning it. You heard zero. And then when the president was asked about it, you didn't hear anything there. And then, of course, Jen Psaki was like, oh, we're for peaceful protest. No problem. Well, I think people would be bothered if it was happening right in front of their homes. And that is indeed what was happening in front of their homes over and over again. We're talking about especially the conservative justices, of course, since that Supreme Court leak. Take a listen. Here is uh, Senator John Kennedy describing the far left protesters. We all see what's going on. Um an opinion, a draft opinion leaked from the Supreme Court. We don't know if it's going to be the final opinion. Uh, The neo-socialist left uh, has become completely unglued. Their response is as disappointing, I guess, as it was predictable. Burn the place down, intimidate the justices, kill the filibuster, pack the court. And he said that was the plan to do all these radical things. And then he had a message for President Biden. Take a listen. Here is his message to President Biden. This is Senator Kennedy. I tell him, Mr. President, you're a nice man. I would say, Mr. President, I know you want 
what's best for America. But, Mr. President, and I say this gently, you've got to stop being a chump. There's no future in it. There's no future in it for you or for the American people. Oh, my goodness. Senator Kennedy makes me laugh every time. I want to play that actually back again because that is one of the classic Senator Kennedy. Again, he's a good old boy from Louisiana. But I, I tell him, Mr. President, <laughs> you're, you're a nice man. I would say, Mr. President, I know you want what's best for America. But, Mr. President, and I say this gently, you've got to stop being a chump. There's no future in it. There's no future in it for you or for the American people. Wow, you have to stop being a chump. There's no future in it. Good message. That's a good moral message there from Senator John Kennedy, the Republican of Louisiana. Well, with all these protests that were going on, everybody's saying, "Okay, when is the Department of Justice going to finally crack down and saying don't protest outside of these justices homes? Don't do it. It's not smart. Things are going to get out of hand. It's not appropriate. It is against the law. There is a federal law that says you cannot protest on a judge's premises, their private property, even technically outside of the court within a certain amount. And you're not supposed to do it to influence a decision. Remember, it was the Supreme Court leak. And of course, they're trying to influence the decision. So you could be arresting everybody. And that was after their addresses were put out there publicly. It was horrible. And there was nothing said for over a week from Biden, from Circle Back Saki, from the Justice Department. Well, finally tonight... The Department of Justice came down and Merrick Garland instructed the U.S. Marshals Service to help ensure justice's safety. The U.S. Marshals are in charge of security. Some of the Marshals Services will beefing them up now and making sure that they are, quote, keeping an eye on the justice's safety. I don't know if that means that they will be moving back people or what they're going to do. But he's at least directing them to somehow step in and protect the justices. Isn't it amazing? It took over a week for him to say something as innocuous as this. Well, here's my thought of as to why he kind of did this. Because Governor Glenn Youngkin, remember the superstar who won the governorships there in Virginia, after talking about, by the way, the Department of Justice going after parents. Remember that whole deal? They couldn't wait to go after parents who were critical of critical race theory and all that other stuff, this Justice Department. And they, like, answer that in a second. But yet this, deciding whether to give security to Supreme Court justices, they seem to be, you know, wavering on. And then they realize, oh, my gosh, I got to come out and say something. Well, Governor Youngkin, I think, pressed the mark and I think kind of put some pressure on A.G. Garland because he And the governor of Maryland, because a lot of the justices live in Virginia or in Maryland, right there, right near D.C. And they basically wrote a letter to A.G. Garland and said, we are demanding that you increase security around the justices. And if you don't, we're going to send in the state troopers and the local police to make sure that there's a perimeter far away from their house. In other words, nobody's going to cross that perimeter line. And if they do, then they will be into obstruction or trespassing, a million things that they can go after. And they finally said, we're going to put some pressure on you. Uh, So I kind of think A.G. Garland had his hands tied and said this innocuous thing. It doesn't necessarily say he's going to, like, create a perimeter or do any of these other things, but he did say we are going to beef up security. Isn't that amazing on something as basic as that? 
that it took him this long? What is wrong with this administration? Boy, are their priorities so out of whack. Well, here is Governor Governor Glenn Youngkin talking about his message to the AG that I think pressed the AG to finally respond. This leak was done in order to influence uh, and, oh, by the way, to intimidate our justices. And that's exactly what these parades and, and, and picket lines and demonstrators are trying to do is influence and intimidate our justices. It's on the federal books that, in fact, that's punishable with up to a year in prison. And therefore, Governor Hogan and I have asked the attorney general to do his job and enforce this law. Isn't that amazing that this Justice Department couldn't wait to go after parents treating them as domestic terrorists, and yet they had to be basically pressed to protect the highest justices in our country. That's amazing. And that comes on the heels of Eric Adams saying, enough, enough of the crime in New York City. And we still have a soft on crime DA who's like, oh, is there a problem with somebody who's had like five or six violent crimes? Don't we want to give them a chance? What about giving New York City a chance to come back? You think people are going to want to come back with these skyrocketing crime rates? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go back to Pete on line two. Pete, go ahead. Sorry to keep you holding. I read it. Yeah, to, uh, to keep on subject with uh, the mayor, hopefully Sunday I'll have a word with him. I was a Curtis supporter. He knew that and everything, but we still managed to stay friends. Now, what so are you going to say? What are you going to say to the mayor if you see him? I'm ask him? Why, with his police experience, which I know of, when he even handcuffed these police that they can't do their job. They have to be afraid to do their job. They got to watch for their pension. They can't get involved with things off duty, and they're being handcuffed. They're being filmed by people. And, you know, when you film people, you could edit. I mean, I was a stagehand for 40 years. You could edit anything. And also, not only that, Pete, I didn't like the idea. I like when I hear, you know, Mayor Eric Adams' anger about repeat offenders and enough, enough. That's correct. I didn't like when he came out and talked about telling people if they see a cop on a subway, film it, make sure you take a picture, send me the picture, and then I'll go down to the precinct the next day. I'm thinking... At a time where crime is skyrocketing, and the numbers all show that, and even the mayor is attesting to it, he attested to it last night, how does that help the situation that you're trying to create people to take pictures of cops and film cops? I mean, how does that build confidence in the police force? That only causes more friction. It's like mixed messages, Pete. That's terrible. I mean, being a police officer today is, uh, you know, it's not a thankful job. I mean, you're not appreciated. It's a horror show. I have members of my family that are on the job, and the stories that they tell me are atrocious, you know. But you see, Eric, I got a little faith in him now, but he's doing a little better, all right? Oh, absolutely. And look, I want him to be – I agree with you, by the way, and I want him to be extremely successful for the city – Um, And I think, you know, I think in many ways, you know, he's got obviously great, you know, he's got good experience. He's got a great message right now. um, And he has a moment now where he could really be a game changer. I mean, somebody came out and I remember hearing today that this is basically going to be the issue of his tenure. If he can turn this around, crime around and really get a handle on it. Uh, That would be an enormous success, not just for him, but for the the city of New York. And it would send a message to other mayors across the country. It would serve as a template. 
you know, that you can't pander to the left. I like the fact that he goes after Black Lives Matter and says, I'm not going to acquiesce and all that other stuff. On the other hand, if he doesn't, if he just says a lot of rhetoric and at the end of the day, the numbers are the numbers, that's not going to be good for him. And it certainly, more importantly, is not going to be good for the citizens. Pete, thank you. You are great. Thank you. Let's go to Susan on line three. Susan, your thoughts. Hi there. Uh, yeah, you're speaking about the uh, how the, when you walk anywhere in Manhattan, the uh, the the smoke from the weed everywhere is just like. And now that's going into summer, it's going to even be worse. But what what really I see uh, uh, kids. I mean, these kids they don't they're not even old like the boys. They're not even old enough to shave, and you know because it's now sanctioned and I I uh, I I and it's very dangerous for young people um they actually say up to age 26 the brain is still developing and that this um when they do smoke weed that quick hit of dopamine to the brain is very addictive and it confiscates the reward center in the brain that makes them very apathetic and um and not ambitious so, you know, the, so I, I don't believe anyone should be in, in prison for this, but they should have to maybe go through some kind of a, a program. I mean, if they're underage, because I do believe that this liber, this very, um, and that Mayor Adams is not doing any good for this Yeah, and situation. that's a good point, Susan. You're right. He's got to crack down on that. And the other thing, too, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of people – you know, I don't know, but they a lot of the number of them look kind of like homeless. So, like you're homeless and you're high, that's not a good combination. You know, like you know, it's not a good combination for New Yorkers, and it's not a good combination, obviously, for the individual either. Um, so they, I agree. It's like you know, to to make it more liberal and to make it more readily accessible is not the way. It's like and and Susan, I've also talked about you know his predecessor. Bill de Blasio, who had the shoot 'em up centers, you know, remember the 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 shoot up centers, the injection sites. I thought that was a terrible idea because guess what was happening? There were like a lot of crimes outside the injection sites because they knew that's where the drugs were. So people were trying to come in and break in. And I think to when you give people a license to continue bad behavior, you want to help them. Of course, there's a lot of people. Drugs is a, a sadly a big issue, and people need help and deserve help. But by making it easier and more accessible, um, I I don't think that that's the answer. And I'm with you, Susan. I'm really troubled by that. Like that combination, when you see like someone who's homeless or high or a criminal and they're high, that's that it is a potion for even more disaster, Um, you know, and and it's just it's so dangerous. And I, I feel like I get high walking down the street. I'm like, whoa, you know, it's like like you smell it everywhere. You know, it's like I, I might as well be in the truck with uh, Willie Nelson or Cheech and Chong, you know, where the smoke was coming out of the back pipe. You know, that's what I feel like it is when you're anywhere in New York City. But by the way, I remember I was in Denver not that long ago. Same thing. San Fran, same thing. D.C., same thing. There's a pattern going on here, guys. We're going to continue talking to you. one 800 848 What do you think is the solution And do you think Mayor Eric Adams is going to be able to turn this around? People are saying this is the most important issue of his tenure. 
And the only issue, if he can't turn this around, then that is bad news, not just for him, but for New York City. And that is a template for so many cities across America. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about crime across America. And case in point, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, went crazy last night. Thank goodness, because another police officer was shot. Thank goodness it was just in the leg and he has been released. But Eric Adams said he has had enough. He's had enough of these repeat offenders. Take a listen. The number of shootings that we are responding to every night is despicable. But everyone is looking at the attention that what we're doing to stop fair evasions where people are carrying guns, to stop people who are discharging weapons on our streets with no regard for the innocent people of this borough and of this city. And then he said that New Yorkers, like the rest of America, are fed up with these career criminals and not feeling safe on the streets. Take a listen. You have family members in this city that are saying we're tired of living in violence. And they are up against those who believe we should be spending our attention protecting criminals. And I'm happy to hear him say that. But now what is he going to do to break this cycle and put pressure on the soft on crime DA? Let's go to Norman. Line six. Your thoughts, Norm. What do you think about it? Hi, Rita. Um, I think Adams, the Biden of Brooklyn, is talking a lot of hot air. Rather than looking to the federal government to save us from rarely used so-called ghost guns, how about lobbying for reinstating the way it was under Giuliani and Bloomberg? That you get caught in a crime or stop question and frisk with any illegal gun, you go to jail for years, no parole period. Until then, nothing will change. Yeah, I agree. It needs to be hardcore. Norm, thank you very much. There can't be any gray. I'm with you. It needs to be clear and it needs to be here is the punishment. And if you do it, you will do the time. Uh, None of this sort of pass after pass after pass. Let's go to Teacher June. On line one. Go ahead, Teacher June. Teach us. Hi. Hi. It was great to see you in December at the Temple Dinner again. Thank Um, you. Oh, June, I remember now. Absolutely. I was so honored to be there. Thank you. I was so happy to see you. Um, First of all, I agree with your previous caller that Rikers should be more strict and start uh, solitary confinement and also have a section of the island or the building for mental you know rehabilitation with social workers and many states should reinstate the death penalty you know what you you know it's an interesting point june because you're right if they know that there will be severe punishment then maybe they'll be worried june so great to hear from you we'll continue with your calls everybody 
Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great men and women in the military, a beautiful story coming from Buffalo, New York. There were four World War II veterans on Buffalo, Niagara, Honor Flight's most recent trip to Washington, D.C., and one of them was Richard Kyle, who, at 100 years old, Still has a lot of stories to tell. And by the way, he's going to celebrate his 101st birthday on June 7th, so not too far away. Kyle was fighting for freedom during World War II, serving in the Army. He was also then discharged, but then drafted right back to join the Army Air Corps. He said, I was trained as an airplane mechanic and following that as an aircraft instrument candidate mechanic sent overseas and then joined the 8th Air Force in England. And he said that he served with so many brave men along the way. He said no one did it alone, especially in World War II. It was truly a collective effort for freedom. And how beautiful that he was able to be honored by Honor Flight. I love this organization that brings veterans to the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C., and gets to go back there. And he said, I saw one of my old helmets, something like what I used to wear, and he said it was nice to see that again and nice to be with fellow comrades. How beautiful to see him and so many other great veterans honored, especially those from the greatest generation. To me, that is absolutely beautiful. Well, we are talking about law and order and crime and justice and crime and paying the price. You just heard from Teacher June, who I loved, called in, and she was saying, you know what? Criminals need to feel punishment. They need to understand that there are repercussions to their actions and that if they do something, they must at least have some sort of jail time, especially if it's something severe. And if you see a repeat offender, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know they're going to come back again. It's a revolving door. In case in point was the one last night where this guy opens fire on two police officers that gave chase to him. He turns around and starts shooting at them. Criminals are getting more brazen. The streets are getting more dangerous. And DAs and judges need a wake-up call and need to realize that they have repercussions by letting these people back out on the streets. And I think Mayor Adams, who was very angry last night, needs to go after these guys and call them and say, listen, guys, do you understand that you are not helping the process right now? You need to pay the price in terms of making sure there is stiff punishment for criminals. You need to understand that you are not just a little small cog in the wheel, that you're the cog in the wheel, and that right now... We all want to make sure our streets are safe, but you can't put them back out again. You got to look at it, even try it my way. I mean, if I were him, I'd go and say, listen, I know you guys are left-wing loonies and you want to give everybody a pass. Why don't you at least try it my way for a few months and see if the streets are better? And I promise you they would be if suddenly criminals knew that they weren't getting a free pass. Because the word gets out. Criminals know. Criminals are smart. You know, and it was interesting when I remember when I interviewed Mayor Adams not that long ago, he was saying to me, 
that, yeah, criminals understand. They see, like, when bail reform laws change and things change, they're sometimes the first ones to get the word out, to spread the word, hey, free pass here, or they're cracking down here, watch out. Wouldn't it be great that the message was, don't do crime in New York, don't do crime in L.A., don't do crime in San Fran, don't do crime in Philly? Wouldn't that be a refreshing message that criminals were like, "Uh uh-oh, Maybe this isn't a free pass state anymore. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David in Los Angeles on line one. Go ahead, David. I don't know why anybody would think things are going to change when the plan is working. The George Soros, the Tisha James, Alvin Bragg, left-wing communist plan to topple the major U.S. cities is working. It's not going to change. Eric Adams can sit there and get more and more upset and scream, but he hasn't been saying what he's going to do about it, the things that Giuliani and William Bratton know would be effective. He's just throwing more and more outrageous temper tantrums now to to make it seem like, is that going to make a criminal that shoots a cop? not shoot a cop next time because Eric Adams is throwing a hissy fit. No, they're laughing in his face. So here's what I want to say, and I've been saying this since the first time I called you, Rita, that the plan is working to topple America, to make these major U.S. cities unsafe. Look how Black Lives Matter was able to burn cities down, and they were supported by the U.S. government. So the plan's working. If you don't like it, get out now. I don't see any reason why anybody should think it's going to improve it's only getting worse look at the look what's happening hey david let me ask you do you think things are going to change uh, come november because obviously that is a pivotal election and clearly there are people who just still stick to their guns i mean i haven't seen bragg really move i haven't seen gascon the other da in la i haven't seen the guy in philly or in san fran really move too much at all um, what do you think about come November if suddenly, and you know, they're not up, but a number of members of Congress are, and what if they suddenly get a wake-up call like, hey, guess what? Uh, voters are basically booting out all these sort of soft-on-crime, you know, Democrats out of the House and out of the, you know, Senate. Uh, couldn't that send a chilling message? Do you, don't you think that might have some sort of influence? Well, I think that George Soros is still influential. They're just going to keep, you know, biting down. I don't think they're going to change. It it, it, it is going to take – no, Rita, I think that America has been brainwashed. Too many people, they look at their Instagram, their Facebook, they're happy. They're watching LeBron James play basketball. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to offend anybody. You're not allowed to talk about politics. And the people are in control uh, and, and, and no, I don't think it's going to have that type of effect. Uh, no, I don't, because they're not, that's not going to scare them, because it's all they know. It's all they can do till the bitter, bitter end. Now, so what about, not- hey, let me ask you, David, you're in L.A. What about the recall that is underway right now? It's the second one for Gascon, and we had John Hatami, who's the deputy DA, on recently. And John came out, and he's been spearheading this, which is wild, because, you know, Gascon's his boss. And that recall effort's actually taken steam. I can't remember if they need like five or 600,000 uh, signatures, but they had over 400,000, and that was like a week ago. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting? 
even though Gaston's facing a recall, he still didn't want to press charges on the guy that jumped on stage and attacked David. Tepper. I know. David, David, that is the wildest thing. You're right. You're that's you're right. It's like what a, what epitomizes it. And it was such a high profile case. You're right. He gave him a free pass. So I just think that it's going to be this way for a long time. And it's sad. And it's, you know, nobody wants to No, that says it all right there. So what happens? Here's what's going to happen. They'll replace George Gascon, and it'll still be the next. They'll, they'll get, the people will get suckered again. They're going to get suckered again. They got suckered with George Gaston. They keep reelecting the same people. Eric Garcetti out here, the mayor. They got he got reelected. He's all all the media said. Oh, he's going to easily get reelected. He's going to easily get reelected. Well, then why even have an election? Just appoint him again. The sucker. It's like the who woke your fold again. Here comes the new boss. Same as the old boss, Americans are stupid dummies that care about what LeBron James has to say as they're looking at their Facebook, talking about their dogs to prevent hurting anybody's feelings. You don't want to be a racist. Well, you know what, David? You know, it's interesting. And, you know, not even the color of the skin. I'm talking about their track record here. Um, You'll look at Alvin Bragg in case in point. He said what he was going to do. I mean, he said, if I get elected, here are my policies. And it was like, oh, boy, this guy's like, boy, he's real lefty. And he gets elected. So you're right. People need to wake up because there are repercussions. You know, it's like, who are who's voting for these people? I'll pick somebody who's soft on crime, who will let out repeat offenders. Oh, good. I'll vote for that one. I mean, who's voting for those people, David? Yeah, it's um, the, the, the brain. People have been brainwashed, and uh, I just don't see it changing. It's I just I'm sorry to be repetitive. No, so but I feel. By the way, I feel your passion because you're a patriot and you love this city and you love this country and you love L.A. You know, and and you know, and you yeah. I know I'm an activist here in L.A. I predicted this. I'm, I'm a, a very well-known, famous. I'm a legend, and I ran against Eric Garcetti for mayor. I did everything I can. People, you know, they'll say things like, oh, I'm going to vote for Eric Garcetti. He fills a pancake breakfast on Sunday. Uh, we've lost it, Rita. We've lost it. Well, good people still need to be in the fight and speak up because I think things have sadly gotten so bad that I do think things are turning around. And you see pockets within the country uh, where it has turned around. So you keep up the good fight. We need good citizens who care about this country and care about safety for all citizens. So I'm happy to see people like you are in the fight there, David. Keep it up, please, please. Don't lose hope. Uh, we got to keep fighting. Thank you. Let's go to John on line two. John, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, hey, Rita. Uh, yeah, kind of following up on, on you know, with um... – New York City and uh, Eric Adams, if we really want to be serious about, you know, crime and so on, we've got to give him the support from our elections. We've got to get rid of the people who are supported by the soft on crime working families party. That's part one. We get rid of the assembly members, the city council members who are soft on crime, take them out, and then maybe we can pass legislation that makes any crime with a gun a federal offense with uh, mandatory minimum sentences. That's a great point. That is a great point. There should be mandatory, and then it doesn't leave the judge's leeway to interpret it however they want to do it. Um, because right now, they clearly have a lot of leeway 
And no matter what they see on the record, they seem to let people. I mean, you know, it's a while. This guy's case, the one that we're talking about, he had his sentencing delayed two times. I say that he won the lottery because it's like he kept like winning every time. It's like you go before a judge. He even pled guilty on the latest offense, and he had a whole bunch of them. He was let out on his own recognizance. See ya, you know. Um, and then uh, he was due back in court. His sentencing got delayed twice, and finally he was supposed to be back in June. And in the meantime, he's free. I mean, it's like you can't make it up. It's almost like, are you kidding me? You know, it's like the case. Do you remember the case in um, the parade in Wisconsin where the guy like ran over somebody? And in that case, I'll never forget it. The guy actually drove the vehicle to the court. He had a criminal history because he tried to run over his girlfriend and other people with the same vehicle. The, The judge said, hey, here's the keys. Drive home. You're free. And then he goes and runs over all these people in the parade. It was a horrible case. But if you look at the background, the guy clearly is a nut. And he's clearly a threat to society. And the judge actually says, hey, here's the keys. And then soon afterwards, the guy, you know, takes that same vehicle and then rams it down through the parade and kills. It was just this horrible, horrible story. And to me, people need to, like, step back and go, some people are clearly too dangerous to be out on the streets. So they need some wake-up calls. John, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to John on line four. Go ahead, John. Well, hi. I, um, we, uh, I hope you have the right John. Yeah, um, I do. I do. Um, I got the right John. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to take you off speakerphone. Yeah, please. I, um, yeah. I um, kind of am the same as most who are on the phone today. Um, if if a child isn't showing some discipline, he, he believes, oh, it's okay what I'm doing. I can get away with it the rest of my life or whatever. And they grow up to be outlaws. And so love sometimes is discipline, sometimes. Not too much. But if we don't show some example, then even the people who come here from other countries, illegally and legally, some of them outlaws from other countries. Some of them the other countries want to get rid of. And now that the borders are open, wow, that's a, an encouragement to come here. We're going to have a very bad future of criminals, crime. So I want to back up most of the people on this on this line today. Uh, we we need to continue to fight to make things better, to show example. We need to tell people like CVS, you know, you if you higher you're making very good money from from a lot of sources including the government our tax money if you can't put in a few guards stop this stuff and you close these stores then those criminals going to come to my store where everything is good because they need things their store is closed they're going to come to yours where you live where it's where people don't steal no, that's uh, a great point that's a, although you know i also feel really bad for the retailers too john because you know, you think about, you know, whatever, a few years ago, if somebody said to you, there's going to be these flash mobs, you know, and they're going to be taking over these, you know, a lot of these major stores and you're going to have to hire extra security and spend extra money in this economy, you know, to hire security. A lot of them maybe can't really afford to do, you know, X amount. The the stealing is so bad, you know, Um and it's like, you know, they were talking about uh, toothpaste. One of the callers was saying um, that when Carlos was saying in Texas, toothpaste is, is, you know, right there, you know, where you just pull it off the shelf. P- 
people in New York and in many places across the country don't understand that because it's like Fort Knox to get toothpaste because people keep robbing and ripping off. So, so much stuff is behind, you know, these glass where it's like, you know, it's like through like a key. You know, it literally is like you have to almost have a code to open it up to get, you know, toothpaste, you know. You know, but that's but that's the sad the reality. So you feel bad for these retailers because they're already going through all this stuff and it's a uh, you know, inflation and all cost and supply chain and all that. And then by the way, you're gonna have to hire, you know, ten guards. So, you know, but but I also I hear what you're saying by by closing, you're surrendering to the thugs and, and you can't do that. Good people have to stand together and also finally give a wake-up call to these other people. So, you know, so people like Mayor Adams isn't working by himself. I mean, he can be shouting to the rooftops, but unless Alvin Bragg and other people are actually responding and doing something different and legislators doing something different, I mean, who in their right mind in this client, uh, in this climate right now, and you see with the crime skyrocketing in so many different areas, double digits in so many areas in major cities across the country, and the response is going to be, you know, oh, well, we're going to let them out. I mean, uh, uh, where does that make any sense? It doesn't. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Take your calls on this. And also Merrick Garland finally saying he's going to have the marshals protect the Supreme Court justices. Two hot topics tonight. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And the beat goes on, and the perps keep going on and on and on because they seem to be getting a free pass in so many cities. But take a listen to the emotion of New York City Mayor Eric Adams after a police officer was shot last night. Again, thank goodness he was released. But cops are really fed up, and perps are getting more brazen. This guy was on a foot chase uh, cops were chasing after him. He turns around and starts opening fire like no big deal. Boy, pray for our police officers these days, our law enforcement and all the different arenas. Boy, do they have a tough job. And Mayor Eric Adams at least is saying the right things. Take a listen. Who the hell will protect the innocent New Yorkers in this city? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. It is time for us to stop spending our energy protecting people who are committing crimes and violence. This person has an extensive arrest history. He has made up his mind. He was not going to stop until he took the life of an innocent person. And I'm happy to hear him say that. But now what happens when you have a soft on crime DA? What's going to happen 
next? Are you going to be able to put pressure on him and say, enough, let's work together for the good of New York City legislature, enough? Or is it just going to be words right now? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave on line two. Your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How you doing? I'm good, Dave. What Um, do you think? Well, I think uh, Eric Adams is going to just give a lot of emotional blather, uh, emotional lip service to the issue, to make the the appearance that he relates to the issue and gives the appearance that he's going to do something. You know, let's face it, the justice system is corrupted by leftists, and he's not going to be able to execute anything. And and that's all you're going to get is very good uh, emotional lip service, very compelling and you know what's sad, Dave? What does that mean for, you know, citizens of major cities across this country? Well, you know, it means that uh, the, the, the same old same is going to happen. And I blame a lot of it. You know, your prior caller, David, was talking about, you know, people just being clueless about things. I, I blame a lot on the major mainstream news media, which I think are the great leftist enablers in the political uh, arena. And they don't – it's not what – what they say is what they don't report. No, that's, by the way, Dave, that's a great point because a lot of times they leave out certain aspects of, you know, of somebody's background or, or, you know, and, and, or cover certain crimes more than others. And it needs to be equitable and fair justice. Dave, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Larry, line five. Larry, your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Rita. You know, I don't understand all this talk about the criminal justice system not being hard on criminals. I mean, the woman that pushed that 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 old actress, that old the voice coach to to, to her death, uh, she can't get out of jail. There's no bail put on her. So what's with this talk about soft on crime? I don't understand. You know what, Larry? You're right. In that case, that person is in jail and appropriately so, because obviously they're a menace. That's the exception to the rule. And in fact, Larry, when I read that story, I thought I misread it when I saw that she was still behind bars. I was like, wow, like, wow, I was shocked because that sadly seems to be the exception to the rule. So, you know, you got to look at the numbers and the numbers clearly show otherwise. She is a rare one and throw the book at somebody who does that to somebody. Uh, And I was happy in one rare case that happened. Thank you very much. But great call there, Larry. Uh, Let's go to LQ on line one. Go ahead, my friend LQ, real quick. Um, Yes, uh, uh, Adams knew where uh, it's all for them. He actually helped Governor Hope who could help him with the bail and these prisons and state troopers and everything. Uh, he knew about all this uh, before he was elected that he, he, you know, and he can't just go on straight to the federal government for Biden to help us, the state. Yeah, and you know what? The state's got to get its act together because they got to get it for the good of all great citizens like you and me, LQ. Have a good night, everybody. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.